A cluster infection has been confirmed at a quarantine hotel in Taoyuan. So far, eight current or former guests at the hotel have tested positive. Six of them had stayed on the same floor of the hotel. At least four of them were infected by the same strain of the Delta variant, according to lab results. Let's hear from the CCC. One of them is case number 16851. He's a traveler who returned from China to Taiwan and tested positive for COVID on the seventh day of self-health management. After he tested positive, we looked at the quarantine hotel he had stayed in to see whether there were any cases that could have infected him. As you can see, we have already found six infected people who had all stayed on the same floor of this quarantine hotel. All of the rooms were quite close together. They were across from or diagonal to each other, or they were next to each other. Shown here in red are the ones confirmed to have been infected by a virus with the same S gene. That's four of them so far. Genetic sequencing is ongoing for the other two cases who also stayed on that floor. The CCC said that at least three cases in the cluster will soon be reclassified as domestic infections. They were previously listed as imported. Also on Thursday, the CCC reported one local COVID case involving someone not connected to the hotel cluster. This was a fully vaccinated woman in her 80s who sought medical treatment for abdominal pain and a fever. She tested positive with a CT value of 39.9, indicating that her infection was not recent. The CCC has categorized her case as low risk for community transmission. Well, second shots of Pfizer rolled out at schools on Thursday, nearly three months after the first doses were administered. Vaccination got underway at several schools in Taipei, Taichung, and Ilan. During this round of school inoculation, Taipei City will conduct tests on 5,800 students to study the effects of the vaccine. After almost three months, students are finally getting their second doses of Pfizer. In Taiwan's capital, the rollout began at Taipei Huaguang Art School. According to studies done overseas, second doses of Pfizer can result in more severe side effects. But students here say they're not worried. It should be fine. I think it feels about the same as getting a regular flu shot. That's how it felt with the first dose. I didn't get any side effects after my first shot, not even a sore arm. I'm not sure what the second shot will be like, because I've heard the side effects are stronger. I think that at this stage, getting vaccinated is the better option. My family and I liked going abroad before for fun. Being vaccinated is something of a guarantee. In light of potential side effects, the school plans to hold classes virtually on Friday. When they received their first shots the day after, many students took pandemic leave. Considering that, we decided to go online tomorrow. During the second round of school vaccination, Taipei City and a medical team will conduct a large-scale study on Pfizer's effects on students at four schools. They are Jingguo High School, Chenggong High School, Da'an Vocational High School and Nangang Vocational High School. 5,800 students will undergo electrocardiogram screening to form a database on local youth. According to data from abroad, boys are 10 times more likely to get myocarditis than girls, so we'll carry out a basic screening before the vaccine. We will also carry out large-scale tests to have a complete study. Second shots will be administered next Wednesday, so the post-test data will be collected Friday morning. We'll know right after it's complete. Electrocardiograms are not an invasive test at all. Might as well take part in this project, there's nothing to lose. 
The study selected schools with a higher proportion of male students. According to the CCC, out of 1.1 million students who got their first vaccine shot, 23 developed myocarditis. Among them, 19 were boys and 4 were girls, indicating a higher incidence in males. A forum and tech show to celebrate the work of the Industrial Technology and Research, Research Institute has opened in Tainan. The event highlights innovations from Tainan and Kaohsiung and more than 20 innovations developed by local companies in partnership with eTree are on display. During the pandemic, this infrared temperature sensor came into widespread use for foreheads. Now, it can also be used in elderly care. We applied it to elderly care. It can detect when the patient has left the bed, has been sitting or lying down for a long time, or has fallen. This oxidized graphene membrane technology is the first of its kind in the world. It layers multiple membranes together to distill water straight from the air, resolving water shortages. Using SGS verification, the pure water we collect has basically already reached drinkable standards. This artificial intelligence robot arm is fitted with a micro 3D sensor to grab objects more accurately and swiftly. It could be a game changer in logistics and manufacturing. The event featured an innovation forum as well as a product show presenting 20 key inventions. Some are already being applied in business. Next, Eitri plans to focus on helping companies develop carbon-neutral technologies. We particularly need to bring technology toward carbon neutrality and in the process to use this technology, smart manufacturing technology, to reduce carbon emissions. Recently, TSMC has invested a lot in both Tainan and Kaohsiung, so the government is going to invest heavily to support the industrial workforce and help companies get appropriate talent. Eitri is investing in the South as part of the Tsai administration's policy to balance regional economic development. It has worked with almost 4,500 companies in the last five years, helping local businesses to upgrade. The sector is placing its hopes in the advent of smart manufacturing and smart energy to regenerate the economy of the South. With less than 48 hours to go, uh, before the referendum, the DPP's campaign is in full swing. A new video ad released Thursday features Vice President Lai Qingde. Speaking Taiwanese, he calls on the public to cast four no votes. Let us all bravely step up again to protect Taiwan together. Cast four no votes so that Taiwan can enter the international community. These four ballots pertain to four of Taiwan's national security issues. The ballot on the fourth nuclear power plant pertains to Taiwan's environmental security. The ballot on protecting algal reefs pertains to Taiwan's energy security. The ballot on pork imports containing ractopamine pertains to Taiwan's economic security. The ballot on holding referendums alongside general elections pertains to the security of Taiwan's democracy. These four issues are closely interlocked and they will affect Taiwan's overall national security. The referendum is considered an early contest between the green and blue camps ahead of the 2022 local elections. Both sides will hold large-scale campaign events this Friday. The DPP will hold night rallies in Kaohsiung and Taipei, and President Tsai Ing-wen is scheduled to attend both. The KMT will conduct a vigil in Taipei at Liberty Square. 
Referendum weekend is coming up and cold weather is in the forecast nationwide. Starting Friday, expect lows of 12 degrees Celsius and that lasts all, all the way to Sunday. Moving on to next week, temperatures should rise slightly but are expected to stay cool. Typhoon Rai, which is expect, uh, approaching the Philippines, is not on a track to hit Taiwan but could bring rain throughout the week. The bright sun bakes down from above. The north and south saw highs of 27 degrees on Thursday, but colder temps are just around the corner. The effects of this front should fall somewhere between a northeasterly monsoon and a cold continental air mass. In Taipei, we're expecting lows of about 14 degrees in the early hours of Saturday. From Friday to Sunday, northern and eastern Taiwan may see lows of 12 degrees and intermittent showers. It'll be cloudy or clear skies in central and southern Taiwan with highs of 26 and lows of 12 to 13 degrees. It'll be especially wet and cold Saturday morning, the day of the referendum, with temps expected to drop as low as 10 degrees along the coastal plains. On Monday, the cold front is expected to weaken, but Taiwan will also come under the influence of Typhoon Rai. The storm's periphery will blow in a moisture-heavy cloud system from the south. Scattered showers are expected Monday, with heavier downpours island-wide on Tuesday and Wednesday. Residents in mountainous areas should prepare for localized heavy rains. After Typhoon Rai passes over the Philippines, it will reach the South China Sea. The ocean temperature and the atmospheric conditions are not conducive to it developing further, so it will gradually lose force as it moves north. Typhoon Rai strengthened into a severe typhoon Thursday morning, but international forecasts indicate the storm will soon lose strength. Forecasters say the typhoon will have weakened into a tropical depression by the time it veers north to the South China Sea. It should not pose a direct threat to Taiwan, but the Central Weather Bureau says that wet weather could persist all the way to next Friday. President Tsai Ing-wen received the delegation from the French National Assembly on Thursday. The head of the delegation, Francois de Rougy, presented Tsai with a framed text of a pro-Taiwan resolution passed last, week, uh, last month by the National Assembly. President Tsai said that 2021 has been a year of tremendous progress in Taiwan's relationship with France. She said she hoped to soon welcome members of France's cabinet to Taiwan. President Tsai Ing-wen on Thursday received a delegation of six French parliamentarians at the presidential office. Thank you so much. The head of the delegation is Francois de Rougy, who chairs the National Assembly's Taiwan Friendship Group. In late November, the National Assembly adopted a resolution that called on the French government to support Taiwan's participation in international organizations. The delegation on Thursday presented Tsai with a copy of the resolution. This year, Taiwan-France relations have improved by leaps and bounds. The French Senate and National Assembly passed pro-Taiwan resolutions in May and November, respectively, in support of Taiwan's participation in international organizations. We have deeply felt the strong pro-Taiwan sentiment of the French Parliament. We stand before you, Madam President, with a desire to develop beneficial cooperation and also with concerns over peace. Long live the friendship and the cooperation between France and Taiwan. Taifa Yohao. 
Mr. Ruji previously visited Taiwan in 2016 and has long been vocal in his support for Taiwan. During this visit, he and his delegation will discuss economic and pandemic cooperation, as well as issues regarding regional peace. During her remarks at their reception, President Tsai had a message for the international community. I would like to tell all of you that amid the rapid changes to the international situation and the expansion of authoritarianism, democratic partners should work even closer together. Taiwan will fulfill its international responsibility. We hope to make contributions together with France and with other like-minded partners in the EU for the benefit of peace and stability in the Indo-Pacific and for the prosperity of the world. Tsai said she hoped Taiwan would continue to partner with other democracies and forge closer ties with France. France will be taking over the presidency of the Council of the European Union in the first half of next year. We hope that under France's leadership, the EU can continue promoting bilateral investment agreements between Taiwan and the EU. BIAs. Besides the parliamentary exchanges between France and Taiwan, we also hope that in the near future we can welcome members of the French cabinet. Let us continue working together to deepen relations between France and Taiwan. At noon, Foreign Minister Joseph Wu hosted the delegation at a banquet where he expressed thanks for France's support. Back in October, Taiwan hosted a French Senate delegation led by Alain Richard, chairman of the Senate's Taiwan Friendship Group. This time, it's a delegation from the lower house. This is the first time that any European country has sent delegations from both houses of its parliament within three months. Taiwan's ties with France have never been warmer. To combat inflation, the U.S. Federal Reserve says it will taper its bond purchases faster than projected starting next January. It's also announced as many as three interest rate hikes for next year, signaling the end of its easy money policy. What will be the impact on Taiwan's financial market? We hear from the experts. Citing soaring material costs and port congestion, an industry expert says the price of home appliances will rise by 3% to 5% after the Lunar New Year. This pandemic has led to a global shortage in raw materials and an increase in the cost of freight. We expect the cost of newly shipped goods to go up after the Lunar New Year. Inflation is even worse in the U.S., where consumer prices rose by 6.8% last month, the biggest jump in 39 years. In response, the Fed announced that it will speed up the reduction of its bond buying. Starting next January, it will buy 30 billion U.S. dollars less than the previous month, rather than 15 billion U.S. dollars less. At the same time, the Fed forecasts three interest rate hikes in 2022, signaling the early end of its loose monetary policy. Amid such rampant inflation, the U.S.'s monetary policy has begun to turn. We know that a turn would involve three steps. The first is dialing back bond purchases until coming to a full stop. Then after that, the Fed also said that after that, it expects to start raising interest rates. Analysts say that if the U.S. raises rates, foreign capital may withdraw faster from the Taiwan market. Higher rates would also increase the value of the U.S. dollar. Although the Fed is likely to raise rates by a quarter percentage point at a time for only a modest impact on the global economy, investors are still following its moves closely. People born with craniofacial disorders such as cleft palates and cleft lips often face hardships growing up due to bullying and social pressure. In some cases, congenital disorders like microtia may even result in deafness. 
The Nordoff Craniofacial Foundation in Taiwan aims to help people with these conditions by providing companionship, scholarships, and plenty of self-betterment opportunities. Stephanie Yang takes us to meet some of the people they assist. Sang Yusan greets us in fluent Russian. Chang says that as a child, she faced many hardships due to her bilateral cleft lip and cleft palate. She has since undergone surgery and is now more willing than ever to pursue her passion to speak Russian. It was love at first sight. People have prejudices against people with cleft lip and cleft palate. They wonder how you can learn a language if you can't pronounce things properly due to the disorder. I thought, everyone knows that Russian is one of the most difficult languages in the world. So if I can master it, it can be proof that any difficulties to come can be solved easily. So that's the challenge I set myself. The Ministry of Education recently awarded Chang a scholarship to go on exchange to Russia in September next year. What I'm looking forward to is that after I meet someone and they ask me why I look different, it'll be my honor to tell them that I was a child with a cleft lip and cleft palate and that I got regenerative surgery. Then I can confidently say that I am from Taiwan. There's also Du Peiro, who was born with microtia and now is a fifth-year student in the Department of Occupational Therapy at National Taiwan University. Due to her condition, Du is deaf in her right ear. She says she was bullied a lot as a child, but that music allowed her to overcome many challenges. My main difficulty was when I was in elementary school and sought support and recognition from others. The condition doesn't just make me look different. It also meant I had difficulty hearing. People might think that you aren't listening to them or that you don't care about others. This is something that I suffered the most with when I was a kid. Music is an extremely important part of my life. It's accompanied me through all the difficulties I have encountered since childhood. Learning music was a self-healing process for me. Du says she hopes to become an occupational therapist in the future. I am majoring in occupational therapy, and I plan to pursue occupational therapy as a career to help more people in the future. I think my upbringing has taught me that professional medical knowledge and accompanying others through medical therapy can really help. I hope I can enter the field of early intervention and provide occupational therapy to help children with special needs. The Nordhoff Craniofascial Foundation was founded by Dr. Samuel Nordhoff in 1990. Its goal is to help patients with congenital craniofacial disorders access medical treatment, improve the quality of treatment, and promote patient care. Every year, the foundation holds an award ceremony to celebrate its patients. Every year, there are more than 300 children born in Taiwan with craniofacial disorders. The foundation's work starts with monitoring their mother's pregnancy and birth, accompanying children throughout their lives. We arrange summer camps, challenge camps, scholarships, and grants. We hope that these activities can let children see their own value and become confident in themselves. The foundation hopes to continue to encourage more patients with craniofacial disorders to realize their potential and chase their dreams. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Zhong Zhuhui in Taipei. Well, Christmas is a little over a week away, and more than ever before, exchanging gifts is a popular way to celebrate in Taiwan. Online retailers say searches for Christmas gifts have exploded since last year. Popular gift items this year include heated, uh, include heated scarves and wireless chargers. Retailers say there's something for everyone. 
Christmas is here. Lots of us in Taiwan like to exchange Christmas gifts, but finding the perfect present is no small task. One online retailer held a vote to find the gifts that nobody wants to get. Coffee mugs, scarves, hand cream, and sheet face masks were all strong contenders for a bad gift. I will probably go for practical things on the whole, but it's hard to define what's practical. I'm afraid if it's too practical, that could be embarrassing as well. Girls quite like getting pretty home decor things, like now it's wireless charging stations. Plug it in, wrap it around yourself, and away you go. This heated shawl is a hit. This personal heater can hide in your hand or inside your clothes to keep you toasty. Shoppers also love this touch control wireless charger. This year, people are tending to prepare the Christmas gifts a bit in advance. So people started in early December to snap up these Christmas gifts. Our overall profits continue to grow. There's been a marked increase in searches for Christmas gifts, gifts to exchange and related keywords. Compared with the same period last month, it's more than doubled. The trendy search terms for online retailers reveal what a big deal Christmas is this year. On PC Home, searches for words like Christmas tree and essential oils have grown 60% year on year. On Yahoo Mall, the search gifts to exchange has exploded by almost 100%. Marking Noel with the material gift seems to be more of a thing than ever, and shoppers are keen to find presents that come from the heart. And turning now to the latest from the BWF World Championships in Spain. Taiwanese shuttler, uh, shuttler Daizing has safely advanced to the quarterfinal after defeating world number 21 Kirsty Gilmore of Scotland. Dai earned victory in three sets, 21-10, 19-21, and 21-11. There was drama in the second set as Dai challenged the line call and got the point. This is now her sixth time in the quarters of a BWF World Championship, and this year she's in pursuit of the first world title of her career.